0: Welcome to Dr. Cindy Speaks, regular musings and reflections on politics, current events. Dr. Cindy Banyer is a mom and small business owner fighting for our water, our health, our community. She's running for the people of Southwest Florida, trying to flip Florida 19 from red to blue. Listen as she speaks truth to power. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Cindy Banye with Dr. Cindy Speaks. And this is a very special episode of Dr. Cindy Speaks, focusing on my former opponent, Byron Donald. So I decided to do this podcast today because all of a sudden, Byron Donald is the talk of the town in Washington, D.C., because of his embroilment with the rebellion against the Republican Party and his nomination to Speaker of the House. So at this point in time, I have found myself in the very curious position of knowing more about Byron Donalds than just about everybody else. And I'm sure his wife, Erica, knows all the inner details. However, from an observer standpoint, because he was my opponent and because I was looking for opportunities to call him out on his wild corruption i happen to have amassed a huge catalog of things that i think that the public really needs to know about so that's what i'm dedicating this episode here today in hopes that we can stop someone from potentially hurting the united states by electing byron donalds let's keep talking about byron donalds and what i have learned through two cycles of running against him. So I first ran against Byron Donalds in 2020 when there was obviously a huge presidential campaign going on. And Byron Donalds had just eked out a victory of less than a thousand votes in the Republican primary here in Florida 19, which is in Southwest Florida. goes all the way from Boca Grande all the way down to Marco Island. It's coastal Southwest Florida. From the very beginning, this has been a gerrymandered very republican district because it cuts out any place where democrats might possibly live and really focuses on the wealthy coastal communities and so being one of the places that the democrats in the state of florida have just forgotten this was seen as coming out of the republican primary as the win then so Byron Donald, at the very last minute, he was about in fourth place the last couple of weeks leading up to the Republican primary in August of 2020. And then he got a major boost from Club for Growth. And Club for Growth, if you don't know who, they are a huge pack that makes their favored candidates sign on to an extremely conservative fiscal platform. So that means no new spending, and they have to work to reduce the deficit as well as put favorable things forward for big business. So this Club for Growth is primarily funded by Dick Uline. Dick Uline is the uh, now leader of the Uline company, which is a huge company. And they do a lot of work with making sure that you have all these little functioning things in your factories. So, using the money from the Uline company, Dick Uline has made somewhat of a name for himself in the insider politics world of funding far right candidates, especially those who have been attached to the January 6th, which, by the way, Byron was at. But we'll get back to that. So, he got this million dollars coming in at the very last minute that allowed him to have a big push at the end of the Republican primary in 2020. And he came in and he ended up winning. There was a scandal on the day of the, of the primary election where texts were text messages were sent out to voters saying that he dropped out, blah, blah, blah. There has been ongoing lawsuits related to that because he came out and blamed another one of the candidates, Casey Askar for that. But some people really viewed it as a, an inside job, frankly, the, you know, the old set your campaign office on fire on the day of the election kind of thing. But whatever happened, he beat the hometown favorite, which was Dane Eagle. And Dane Eagle immediately conceded once Ron DeSantis told him to and gave him a really sweet deal as the head of the Department of Economic Opportunity. So that began Byron Donald's tenure. We had a, a good run in 2020 and where we had debates and things like that. And uh, I had the best showing of a Democrat ever here then, but this district is just so heavily favored for the Democrats that it, uh, it was really a difficult campaign. So Byron Donalds became a congressman in 2020. Here in 2022, we know it was an absolute bloodbath for Democrats across the state of Florida. He was mo- largely absent for the 2022 campaign. He doesn't really care. He had some shenanigans down in Collier County, which I'll talk about as well, but he showed up a few weeks after the hurricane and told people he was going to help out, but didn't really do anything else. No, we had no debates, nothing like that at all this time around, because it's never been about us here in Southwest Florida for Byron Donalds, who has much, much larger ambitions than than most people realize. So 2022, he was elected. I still did better than all the statewide Democrats. I'm one of the very few Democrats across the state who did that. In our district, I outran Charlie Chris and everybody else, and I outperformed by 1.3 points, which is something in such a district. But it's because, say, I'm a hardworking, I'm a good candidate, I'm a professor, I know a lot about governance, and I work really hard. I've been an activist, so people know me around the community. And also Byron Donald himself is a very troubled candidate and troubled person. And that is really what I want to put a spotlight on here today. Let me talk just briefly about the Club for Growth thing because this is playing in. We know that the people who are funded by Club for Growth, that's the Dick Uline PAC, are really, they're extreme fiscal conservatives, extreme, extreme. And this is a really bad thing for us in the United States because it's going to end up in austerity measures and would eventually stunt our whole economy. But um That is what we have to be concerned about with Byron Donald's overall, is where his funding and his power is coming from. And a big part of it is the Club for Growth and the Dick U line, folks. And one thing I do want to say on that outside of the Club for Growth is that people were talking about in the context of the Speaker of the House race how Byron Donald's was all of a sudden kind of out of nowhere and they didn't know. He's in the Freedom Caucus, which is also important to know. He's part of that far right faction. But Jim Jordan, has been a longtime supporter of Byron Donalds. If you pull up his FEC records, you can see this. Jim Jordan started funding Byron Donalds back in 2020 and continued to do. So I knew as soon as all that stuff was going on yesterday that Byron Donalds was going to be some part of this show here today and yesterday, right? That That Byron Donalds is playing a bigger piece. They're doing this whole thing because people were talking about him. Oh, he voted for McCarthy and then he switched to Jim Jordan. Listen, let me tell you, he was always on team Jim Jordan in the beginning. This is, they've been playing this game. They've been plotting this out. And frankly, as much as we, on the democratic side, want to say, oh, it's the Republicans, they're in chaos. This faction of extremely conservative Republicans is, is very strategic about what they're doing. And they're, very much aware of the role that byron donald's played they've been cultivating him because unlike some of his other people and who might call his work wives right lauren bobert and marjorie taylor green like they say crazy shit all the time right byron doesn't okay byron is very calculated and very scripted so when he is speaking to the public when he's on cnn or fox or wherever he shows up right he's saying the right words All the time. He pivots. He stays on point. He's an expert when it comes to staying on message and to play that line that he has to play as a black Republican. He can't be angry. He can't be out of measure because it's going to be used against him. So he plays that line as cool, calm and collected all the time. But what's interesting in in this time of like crazy Republicans is that cool, calm and collected persona that he's cultivated has really kept him isolated from the craziness that he supports behind the scenes because he is right there with all those folks. He has extreme positions on abortion. He's got extreme positions on marriage, right? He voted against the Marriage Equality Act, even though he himself is in an interracial marriage. And this, he was dragged widely for, but he holds very extreme positions. He is working to defund the public schools, which i will talk a lot about in the school choice thing. And, and that's how he votes. And that's what the policy is. And that's what his big funders tell him to do, but his public image is very well crafted. And so he can play this middleman. I'll say it here. I've said it to friends in my advisory circles is that I think that ultimately Byron Donald's was the compromise candidate because the far-right factions figured that with his persona, and honestly, when you meet him, he's he's lovely. And I hate to like, pains me to say that to somebody who's my opponent, but he really is. He's affable. He's funny. He's smart. He says all these things that are, he's right there. He can make you feel like he cares. Um, and he even said that he's helling around with AOC. He's not, like, a toxic person like you imagine some of these other folks to be, right? Like he's genuinely lovely to be around, but it's because of that, that they think that they may have cultivated these relationships and that they can maybe get some, democrats on to get over that threshold because of that friendly nature and because of being a a black man to this position so that is my call that is my call that is my gut feeling on watching this using everything that i know about politics and behind the scene politics and years on capitol hill and international relations and international politics and stuff as i'm watching it that's what I see happening. I don't know how things are going to turn out. We have the next vote coming up at 8 p.m. We're recording this at seven twenty-one p.m. And so we don't know how it's going to move moving forward. But that is what I see from this. But let's go back. OK, so a couple other things aside from politics stuff. Let's talk about Byron Donalds as a person. So I did mention that he voted against the Marriage Equality Act and he was he's married to a white woman, which he drug out that and explicitly named her as a white woman during his CRT battles, and we'll get to that in a moment. But it's interesting to note that he was previously married to a Black woman, and he was also previously a Democrat at that time. So this woman, who's a lovely woman, and they had married and they had married in 2000 and they were divorced in 2004 and within a month's time he had married his current wife because he had gotten her pregnant while he was married to another woman and i'm not really into the gossip and i don't say that but i just and and i'll caveat that with this whole part right let me tell you that i am not here to judge people in terms of how they've lived their lives honestly there's a lot of different paths for a lot of different people the point of me telling you all these things about Byron Donald's history as a person is to let you know his hypocrisy and exactly how much he's willing to sell out to climb the next rung. okay? That's what this is for. okay? This is not saying that all this other that out of wedlock and pregnancy and all this other kind of stuff. I'm not making value judgments on that. This is all couched in somebody who per- talks about being a Christian, talks about being a family man, talks about being a constitutionalist, right, and says all this stuff but then turn around in his own personal life has not come anywhere close to that. Okay. So that's why I'm talking about this, right? So during that time, and by the way, in public record, the way that Byron Donalds talks about his relationship with his wife, and this is really true. I know that he's had a long time with her and he actually was seeing with her and, and really wanted to be with her, even though he was married to another woman, but he talks about meeting her at the church when he talks about that he was actually married to this other woman. So, so much for, Christian and family values kind of stuff. But it seems like something who was always holding him back from being with this other White woman who he happened to be in love with. Anyway, and, he, and not to mention that he went on and married another woman, another a Black woman. So during that time, so in his official account to the lo- local newspaper here, he only talks about Erica as his wife, and he talks about meeting her at a church, and the timeline is such that I have corroborated with his first wife was that when he was married with another woman. So he certainly wasn't finding Jesus only at that church. He was finding something else. So he carries on with this woman and from the telling of it from his first wife, Bisa, that she Byron was trying to patch things up. And then all of a sudden Erica got pregnant and she was told, oh, Lisa was told, oh, look, we need to get divorced right now. I need you to pay. Byron told her that she had to pay for the divorce and visa was like good i don't need you to be with somebody who doesn't love me kind of thing and then basically in a month's time in the beginning of 2004 byron went from being a double felon without much of a job career prospect who was married to a woman named visa a black woman to a month later being married to erica felonies disappear And working at a bank and by the way one of the felonies which i'll talk about too is bank fraud so it's really curious to me and i've asked and demanded for transparency on this how somebody with two felonies and four misdemeanors on their record got that magically disappeared in a month's time so that he could work at a bank this has not been answered by the way this has not been answered all right and we'll talk about that so yeah and frankly for all the people who say oh this is ex wife stuff okay she's not said anything bad you know about it she's just giving the facts but she has corroborated his criminal history and she corroborated that he was a democrat that's part of the reason why it was really hard for her to see Byron rise into the republican ranks um but also that she paid for it and her big pain out of all of it was that he never paid her back. And he went and started working at a bank and married Erica Lee at the time, was came from a very wealthy family. And they set her up and set him up and got a nice house. And this working woman, Bisa, never even got her $400 back to pay for the emergency divorce so Byron could, quote unquote, do the right thing. And it's, again, it's a little bit of a petty thing, but it's like, what is the integrity of this man that people are talking about making speaker of the house the integrity is he doesn't have any he's never had any he's a criminal he's a he's an adulterer he is who has lied and somehow despite his immense criminal background was able to rise the ranks in the republican party here in florida okay so let's talk a little bit about that criminal part okay so what we know and what I've got from Oppo research and what actually came out, not just from the 2020 election, but t- during the 2012 failed congressional bid from Byron Donald was that, yes, he has an extensive criminal past. He said, oh, I, whatever, I, it's gone. But he's never really talked about how that, quote unquote, got off his record because it is, not, it is not part of his official record. You cannot look up these all of the information that came about it people who are good at finding that information have corroborated that there are these criminal components there, but there's not a no detail on it all right so this includes everything as minor as traffic violations and several misdemeanor stops for possession of cannabis and then the two felonies one of which had to do with passing a bad check or getting something about a pin and basically it was bank fraud and then the other seemingly was also drug related the other felony so they had the two felonies on the record now and one of them went to what's called pretrial diversion. It's for possession kind of things. That's where you go. But this is multiple times now that he's gotten picked up by the cops for dealing drugs and having drugs and things like that. And listen, I'm going to say right now, I understand that Black men in America face higher scrutiny and penalties for this. I fully understand. This is not a judgment on that person in the past. Okay, This is to let people know the background of this individual, Byron Donald. Who is up for Speaker of the House? Okay. So he did come with this. And again, it went beyond just minor possession, it was selling and engaging in a criminal enterprise. And then it went as far as to try to defraud a bank of several thousand dollars. Okay. So those felonies are on the record. Don't know what happened with them. But again, a magic time in the beginning of 2004 happened and all of those things went away. Because here's the thing you cannot get a job. In state of florida and many other places at a bank if you have a felony for bank fraud on it okay and so people talk about oh it was a really long time ago okay all right i get it but he wasn't a kid okay so he's 44 years old and it was in 2000 when the one felony related to drugs happened okay and that in 2000 byron and i are the same age so in 2000 or close to the same age she's a couple years older than me but in 2000 i was 20 so he's 20 22 okay you're not a teenager like you are still an adult and like you should still be responsible so he doesn't even it's not like it was a juvenile thing that was sealed okay that's let's make that clear as well he was fully an adult when these felonies as well as many of the other things on his criminal record took Place. And I'm looking it up right now just so that we can talk about it. And he did have some stuff. Some of the misdemeanors were back when he was a teenager, still an adult. Okay. Still an adult. Want to make sure that we talk about that. 2000. Yeah. So the bank fraud one. Yeah. So both of the felonies occurred in 2000 in April. Okay. So they were both related to drugs and then the other ones one was related to drugs and one was the other one that was the check fraud, okay? So it was a while ago, but again, these are things that are happened. Somebody who's willing to defraud somebody for their own personal benefit related to, to drugs, okay? And somehow these things got magically disappeared, okay? So, rolling along first, okay, so fine, okay, you wanna say, and then listen, I am somebody who 100% agrees with rights restoration and things like that. However, Byron Donald does not. As he was moving forward in his career, he was actually then elected to the state house here in Florida. And when he was there, the state of Florida voted on a referendum to have. Felon's rights restored in terms of their voting rights. Widely popular. It was one of the most voted for amendments in the Constitution that has ever happened here in the state of Florida. So it was very, very important to just about everybody in the state of Florida. Byron Donalds, curiously, having been a felon himself, voted to add in all of these additional fines and things that Ron DeSantis wanted so that meant that they had to fulfill all their court costs and obligations okay so this is something that I'm fairly certain that Byron Donald did not have to do himself there is no evidence that he went in front of a clemency board there is no evidence that he had his rights restored in any way shape or form through any sort of process that's been transparent all we know is that the records have been sealed that's it. That's all we know. Okay. And he says, okay, yeah, I did it. It was a long time ago. All right. But th- the fact that he went to Tallahassee and then voted to make it harder for other felons to restore their rights and to even get the right to vote back is absolutely just appalling. Okay. So we have that. And then just a little add- addendum on this too. So just a couple weeks ago, Ron DeSantis here in the state of Florida, using that legislation that Byron Donalds voted for as well, removed a Broward County school board member. Because although his felonies were 30 years old and he had his rights restored, there's apparently another process here in the state of Florida where that talks about having your right to run restored. And he didn't do that. Now, this is something that, like, honestly, DeSantis just made that shit up, but he used it to remove a liberal person from the school board. And so at that point in time, I was asking and calling for accountability in understanding the transparency around Byron Donalds. Rights restoration, and if he also complied with the right to run in this past election. Because if somebody in Broward County can be removed from their seat for having 30 years felony passed, then certainly the 20 some odd years that Byron Donald's felonies occurred still are in play here as well. So I digress back to that. So the other thing about this felonies that are on Byron Donald's records is that it caused quite a problem for him. So there was a massive ethics complaint that were was a result of this. So a really common path that the Republicans who are hand-selected by the party here take is that they first spend some time on the Florida Southwestern College, it used to be called Edison State College, now it's Florida Southwestern State College. They spend some time on their board. It's like the grooming ground, right? So, as they were preparing Byron Donald for his positions up in the state legislature, they appointed him to that board. <coughs> on that, you have to attest to not having been convicted of a felony. And Byron clicked that box. Now, there's some conversation as to whether or not boxes should be around and whether or not somebody who really truly has gone through an expungement process or rights restoration process still has to do that it doesn't matter at this point because he was actually he clicked it and he said no I didn't have any felonies people found fault with that and they took him to the state board of ethics to which Ron DeSantis said that's fine so there was that ethics complaint that came about as a result of that, that's part of the criminal things. And I will say, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it, but this is part of a history. And really, it, I want to talk about it too and how it conflicts with his demeanor. Okay. Cause that's what the next thing I want to tell you about is, right? Again, Byron Donald's out in public always looks calm, cool, collected, right? But he surrounds himself with violent criminals. That's really important as well. So his senior advisor, Larry Wilcoxon, has a very long, criminal record spanning everything from purported child molestation up in Indiana to grand theft auto in 2016 here in Southwest Florida, various other assault and batteries. Okay. Um, And again, and I've met Larry, Larry and I, always got along, but he's a very big guy and he uses his body to intimidate people and has done so to me as well. When he found out that I actually was telling people about this criminal past and that happened here at the hurricane response. Town Hall here in Southwest Florida, in Fort Myers at the Quality Life Center, he didn't know that I had posted these things calling out his criminal activity, as well as Jesse Purden, who is Byron Donald's local staff here and a Bonita Springs City Council member. He, Jesse Purden, had killed a woman on I-75 and was cited for the accident. And he was coming from a Republican function where there was alcohol served. So my question was, was he in fact drinking after that party? We don't know. He didn't get a DUI, but that doesn't mean that was necessarily the truth, because Is also the sheriff here they all are in cahoots so I don't necessarily believe that was the truth and so I was calling that into question letting everybody know like these are the people that Byron has put on his staff that are paid staff and they have incredibly terrible backgrounds frankly and the crash was just a few years ago and so anyway so that came about and at the end of the town hall after the Hurricane Ian town hall, where actually Byron and I talked about what we need, what I've seen. I was on the ground sending aid to different places around the community. Um, and we had a good conversation. Then his two staff members, Larry and Jesse, come after me. They come after me. And I'm just there by myself at that point, right? And bus- basically everybody left the room. And Larry is like getting in my face, in my space. And what he tells me is if you were going to say all that stuff, you should at least tell everybody that I was in jail for attempted murder in 1992 when I was 14 years old, because I actually did that shit. That's what he told me in response to him finding out that I was posting about these other arrests and things that were on his record. And again, I'm just using information out there. It's my political opponent. These people are liabilities to my political opponent. So I put that information out there pretty standard for politics right but the fact that larry came up and he was mad because somehow he thought that i was just pollyanna and not going to say anything about it but came up to me and then tells me how he was actually incarcerated that actually went off his record i didn't even find that but that he had a violent record going all the way back to 1992 that is what he wanted me to know and that was clearly an intimidation tactic okay and jesse Purden is always like a little dog he's always he was the one that was going after me now here's what was funny Byron Donald came over and pulled his two unruly staff members off and away from me. He had to do that twice because they were so out of control. And frankly, it's not surprising because I actually think I've always called Larry Wilcox in Byron's id. He's the one that gets to do all the things that Byron may like to do but can't do because he's got to remain calm, cool, and collected. And I actually told those fellows after, as they're coming after me and they're intimidating me. And again, I'm by myself. It's two, two men coming after me. And they're. I said, you're embarrassing your congressman right now. You guys, what are you doing? You're coming after me and shouting at me in a public forum. Who do you think you are? But they think that they can run around and do this. And I'm not the only person, by the way, that, that Byron Donalds and his staff has attacked here in Southwest Florida. So there's some very... Widely shared footage of, and I talked about this in my tweets too about the open revolt in Collier County against Byron Donald. And this has to do with his wife and the charter school, and I'll talk about that as well. But there was a woman who was suing his wife for abuse and fraud as part of their work together at the Mason Classical Academy. And That then led to Byron Donald's, saying supporting her opponent for the school board. And then this big old fight at the Republican executive committee in just ahead of the primary in 2022, where Larry Wilcoxon is getting physically in the face of Kelly Lichter, who's the woman who they were attacking husband and the police in the have to separate them and. It was really just an embarrassing scene for everybody. But it, again, shows the intimidation that Byron and his camp is really willing to go to to meet their political ends. So that then was followed up by a public incident, which was also caught on video, where they take, it's Byron Donalds and Jesse Purden and Larry Wilcoxon, who corner Kelly Lichter, who's the woman running for school board and suing Byron Donald's wife, Erica Donalds, and they corner her in this store. And they start shouting at her. Byron is can be heard on tape saying that he's going to end her campaign. He's basically bullying her to drop this lawsuit against the his wife. And she's just going, look, I'm here just trying to buy cold cuts for my kids. Let's settle this in court, blah, 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 But, and it looks like he's, they're all, the video, there's a few different angles of it, but they're all kind of puffed up, like they're acting big, like they're going to potentially hurt her. And it's just, it's really just, again, like, this is what you're getting with Byron Donald. And I think everybody just really needs to know it. Those of us here in Southwest Florida, we are seeing it. The Collier County Republicans and are in our open revolt against them, I honestly, they've been calling me because I have all the dirt and they know that. And so I'm talking to them being like, yeah, this guy's bad news. Sorry to let you guys know that I know that we don't have the same agenda, but I can tell you what, I'm not about to sit and be quiet while somebody who is willing to behind the scenes intimidate people, who is willing to send emails that puts my life in jeopardy by calling me an extremist. I had to leave my house on January 6th because I thought those people might come after me based on what he said about me on 2020. It was pretty, pretty nuts, right? So that's the main concerns about what we get with Byron Donald. Of course, he also is just like his buddy Trump. He's a big Trump supporter, but he's also playing Trump and DeSantis here, which is interesting. But he has FEC violations, multiple FEC violations. Basically, it's Called a straw man violation. So he was taking money from a pack. It was like three hundred fifty thousand dollars and putting in his two campaign. Blah 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 blah. And he just said, "Oh, it was a mistake." But it's like money's coming from different places that we don't really know. It's not really legitimate. It's not really being looked at very carefully. So he's not really on the up and up as a candidate or a person. Okay. Also, he led the attacks locally on our school board in relation to the ridiculousness around the CRT, the critical race theory, even though he came out and gave a press conference to say there's no one here in Collier County teaching CRT, he unleashed these far-right crazy people on our school boards and on our attacks, started talking about attacking diversity training, attacking LGBT youth, and he was able to do it because of him, him being Black. It was a really convenient position for him to be in to talk about This, how systemic racism isn't really a thing because voila, I'm here. And that's really been a big part of what has made him so valuable to the Republican Party. And it's pretty disappointing given the data that we know about systemic racism. And funny side note, by the way, both Jesse Pernan and Larry Wilcoxon both while they were attacking me, talked about how, oh, all that stuff's not true because we are Black. And I was like, wait a second, I thought you guys didn't believe in systemic racism. So the truth of the matter is they really fully do. It's just a bunch of stuff that they say to to appease their donors. And this is a good time above above and beyond the, the Club for Growth. Byron Donald's is bought and paid for by the sugar industry and the mining industry, which are major polluters here in the state of Florida, big energy, all the oil companies have funded him, banking, real estate, insurance. These major corporations are in his pocket. So this is another thing that's really ridiculous. for The Main Street Caucus, who talks about small businesses and things like that, like he is the guy that goes out and talks about about how climate change isn't real. And then he could say, oh, it's hurting. If we move away from oil, it's going to hurt poor communities. So he can say these things straight faced and people believe him. And that's what his job is just to do and say what these big companies want him to say. So make no... Like bones about it. This rebellion in the Republican Party is not about. They say that they're anti-big tent, anti-big government, but it's not. They're they are absolutely one hundred percent funded by the biggest, baddest polluter manipulators in the country, and they don't really care. So they, these are not political purists. And I hope that some people who look at this as like one of those things that drain the swamp. No, these people are even more. And Byron Donalds is even more embroiled in the swamp than anybody else in Washington D.C. So let me talk finally about the school of choice thing, okay, because this is probably one of the most just disgusting pieces of corruption that Byron Donalds is involved in, and it's actually something that people, because of Kelly Lichter and his attacks on her, have really started to look at. So Byron Donalds very cozy relationship with charter schools started while he was in the state house. And he actually voted for some bills here in the state legislature that made it easier for charter schools to get public dollars. And coincidentally, at the same time, his wife started a nonprofit foundation called the Optima Foundation that set up Charter schools. Now, by the way, now she's got like a huge experience in this. She's not a teacher and none of that stuff. She was on the school board, but she was trying to defund the schools and do charter school shit at that time. She's got a a background in in finance and financial management. Uh-huh. Makes you wonder how Byron Donald's got a job, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. But anyway, so that's where her background is. So she started this organization to set up charter schools around the state of Florida. Now, basically, a lot of the charter schools that she's been involved with have abysmal records. They are anti-LGBT. They push this hard right Christian nationalism kind of stuff. They have failing grades. They are not well run. And actually, Kelly Lichter, who is a charter school person, she's the one who started Mason Academy. And then Byron Donalds and Erica Donalds tried to take over. You can talk to Kelly all you want about that, but, but they, she was a teacher and she really, this is what she believed in. These folks, Byron and Erica Donalds came in to profit off of this. That was their main goal the whole time. And they're like, Oh, we can set this up. So she started this plan and the idea is that her organization comes in and sets up all these business management, blah, blah, blah. And then takes an 11% in perpetuity, Cut of the funds from those schools so that means byron donalds went to tallahassee voted for something that his wife's organization makes money off of from public dollars forever right for as long as these organizations are around it is so unbelievably ridiculously corrupt and that that we can allow that to happen that it's like nobody's like wait a second like you how can You vote for something that allows your wife to make money, and then that is all going back to your coffers, right? Just absolutely insane. And there's a couple other funky crap about that, but I don't feel like getting into that because I'm frankly tired of this weirdness of seeing Byron Donalds for some reason, not even having been sworn into his second term of Congress, be up for House Speaker. And I just hope that by putting this information out there that people will see who he is and look into him, that people will step up against the corruption, that people will call out the ethics and see that the incitement of political violence and intimidation is wrong, and that although Byron Donald's felonies may have disappeared from his record, clearly his criminal behavior and intent has not. And that's the message I want to leave you with. Thanks for listening to me here, Dr. Cindy Bagnier, former Democratic nominee for U.S. House of Representatives Florida 19 in 2020 and 2022, and former opponent of Byron Donald's in those races. And this has been Dr. Cindy Speaks, and we'll see you here next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dr. Cindy Speaks. If you'd like to learn more about her, go to cindybanyet.com or connect with her directly at vote at cindybanyet.com. We love connecting with people.